All right, well, as Daniel's uh, flipping that over to our, to our Minty, if you've not been with us before, go to, on your device, you can go to Minty, M-E-N-T-I dot com, and, and, and follow along with us, enter that code in. Uh, anybody ever named your car? Oh, oh what, what's the names? Barbie and Matilda. Cake and what? Oh, Chicken Lunar. Cool. We have a Honda Pilot, and we've nicknamed it the Vander Honda. The Vander Honda. That's great, guys. We also have the Maroon. Ooh, who's who? The who's the Maroon Marauder? <laughs> nice, Bessie. Marge the Maneuver. Oh, that's great, guys. Anybody else that doesn't have a machine, what did you name your car? Polly the Impala. Nice. Or should I say, oh, dear. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Impalas aren't deer. They're antelope. Okay, the Beast. That's funny, Hulk. I drove the Hoopty once. <laughs> What'd you name your bike? Nice, nice. All right, guys, this is fun. We're just getting kind of rolling in here. So, you know, phrases phrases carry meanings. Phrases carry meanings when we only know the backstory and the context. For instance, we only know what strike three you're out means if we know we're playing baseball, right? Um, other examples, what? Uh, they're coming into the back stretch, horse racing, right? Or uh, skull, Vikings. You only know what that means if you're from this state, I suppose. Um, so phrases carry things, ideas carry meaning really when we know the backstory behind them and the context in which they're said, okay? Context is important. So today we're doing the kingdom has come near. Oh, yeah, Al was asking me the title. There it is. <laughs> the kingdom has come near. Matthew four, twelve through 23. So that's what today's reading is, guys. And so the kingdom of heaven has come near. I'd like to read for you what Jesus is recorded as saying in Matthew chapter 4. Now, when Jesus heard that John uh, the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and those who sat in the region and shadow of death, or for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. And the red is just, I did this. From that time... Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people, or some other translation, fishers of men, yeah? Fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. 
And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And Zebedee, being a good Jewish father, yelled at his son, saying, Where are you going? No, that's not up there. (laughs) Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Context is important, everybody. Context is important because if we, if we don't really think about what this means in its Jewish context, in its first century context, in its, in its Jesus context, we are going to just skip over this and go look for more interesting things that, which uh, tingle our toes. For instance, I know the kids' program today is doing walking on water, right? Woo, we, we, oh, hey, that sounds cool. This kingdom of heaven stuff, yeah, no, 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 we don't really know what that means. We'll skip over it. But I tell you, I tell you the truth, that's, that's not a good idea. So, what, now, you can type this in on your device, or those of you who don't have one, please just you know, catch my eye and say, what did Jesus mean by the kingdom of heaven has come near? You, you, oh, you were just putting your hand on your head. I thought you were like, oh, never mind, sorry. What's that? He could have been talking about himself and proclaiming himself as the Okay, so, so Julie says he could have been speaking about himself and his coming as the Son of God. Okay, super, super. John? Jesus could have been talking about how God is trying to bring heaven near and merge the two worlds. Okay, okay. So he could have been talking about how he's b- trying to merge heaven and earth and this. Okay, super cool. Go ahead, Manny. Oh, you put it up there. Which one? The one in the red. Are we going to die pew yeah, or are we going to die okay okay so does that mean we won't die and that sort of thing right i mean being afraid of dying is something we all deal with right i mean shoot i'd like to be one of those people that says i'm not afraid of dying I'm afraid of it. all right jesus is on earth the kingdom is on earth Bri- bridging the gap between god and us is it's here now and also not yet to be fulfilled. The time has come. Okay. What did Jesus mean? We've got some options here. You guys are doing really well on this. Okay. Well done. Well done on this. Anybody else before? Oh, oh there's Donna. Okay. What do you got, Donna? Okay, okay. So, so if I'm if I'm hearing Donna correctly, she's saying that he came to teach people about heaven, and wherever he was or is is heaven. Okay, okay. That's an option. Pardon me. And his death and resurrection. All right, we're adding in some really great stuff. The completion of God's prophecy. Good job, guys. Well, we're all done now. Let's all go home. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, good stuff. So let's continue on and and talk about this. Let's continue on. We need to know what this is, this context, what this idea is. Because, guys, the kingdom of heaven is dynamite. It's revolutionary. 
And it gives purpose to our lives. Our lives as individuals and our lives as a church together. You didn't come here to be pointless, did you? Neither did I. The kingdom of heaven is what gives us the point of being here. The kingdom of heaven, we have to understand. It's, the kingdom of heaven is key to understanding what Jesus is doing. It's key to everything in our Christian life because if we don't understand what Jesus is talking about, then, then our lives become a bit pointless. Religion becomes religion, that thing that the dreaded R word, and we're just kind of like self-serving, sanctimonious people if we don't understand this. And if, we, if our church as a whole doesn't understand the kingdom of heaven, we become, well, um, the Elks Club without the booze. Right? <laughs> no offense if you're an elk. Any elks in here? Oh, good. Whew. Dodge that bullet. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about moose? Moose? Why are they always animals? Eagle? Eagles? Moose? Oh, they, okay. <laughs> There's a couple in the back there. Okay. This is important stuff. This is what we should build our faith. Well, I mean, we build our faith on the resurrected Christ, but this idea helps us construct our faith. So, let's, uh, because if we don't, then, then there's a, a big vacuum. So, what was, what was Jesus meaning when he said the kingdom of heaven has come near? Because in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Gospels, as recorded, some of the very first words out of Jesus' mouth speak about the kingdom of God in Matthew and the kingdom of heaven in Mark and um, Luke. What does it mean? Okay. So, now, I, I'm going to tell you, they mean the same thing. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same thing. Just because Matthew records Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven, don't think it's some other place. It's here. Why? Well, because Jews, even to this day, do not say the name. They don't even spell it. They'll do this. Okay? And one way of getting around saying the kingdom of the name was to say the kingdom of heaven. It's the same thing. Okay? Um, when you go home, go on a computer and, and go to a Jewish website, like a, 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 a like jewfact.org <laughs> cracks me up I get a lot of information from there they will not write they'll write G underscore D for God they will not say because they 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 hold God's name in reverence and they it comes from, never mind you don't care Matthew was writing to a very Jewish audience Mark and Luke not so much so Matthew Matthew would say the kingdom of heaven so he didn't have to say the kingdom of God and his readers wouldn't have to say it. Mark and Luke, yeah, they didn't care. They were, Gentile, uh, they were writing to Gentiles and so they could say the kingdom of God. But I want you to understand they're the same thing. So the, so the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are the same thing. Okay, just, just really easy to understand. Now here's some other good things, guys. What does Jesus mean when he says the kingdom of heaven? Well, number two, God already had provided the temple system for forgiveness of personal sins. So Jesus, the, the kingdom of heaven isn't about me getting forgiveness because it was already in existence, right? That would make Jesus, like I said earlier, from the Department of Redundancy Department, right? 
Jesus just didn't come to forgive us our sins, although He does. Don't get me wrong. But that was already in place with the temple. Man, you could do goat, sheep, grain, wine offering at the temple. Right? Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. You ever heard anybody say that? He came to start a new religion? No, no. Number three, God had already established the covenant with the Jewish people. They didn't want a new religion. They wanted God. And God said, I'm yours forever and you're mine forever. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. So it doesn't mean that. Number four, Jesus tells us that not one letter of the law of Moses or the covenant will go away. Right? Some people say, oh, well, that whole Old Testament stuff was just so hard. <laughs> you know, all those rules and regulations. God just wanted us to give us something to believe and make it easy for us. No. Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, not one stroke of that law is going to go away. I came to, what did Jesus come to do? Fulfill it, perfect it, make it whole. So that's not going away. So what does Jesus mean? And when you put four question marks, you know it's really a big question. Right? The gravity of the question is in direct proportion to the number of question marks you put after it. What did Jesus mean? Well, let me tell you what this means, guys. Jesus came as the Messiah. Now, here's where understanding context means something. Jesus is the Messiah. Christ means Messiah. It's not Jesus' last name. You know, Joseph Christ and Mary Christ were his parents. No, no, no. Jesus, Messiah. Jesus, the Christ is the long-awaited Messiah of Israel. And when we say that, when we say that word, that's like saying president. If you call somebody president, you are carrying with it a very... Well, you know what it carries with it, don't you? In our country, when we say Mr. President or you know, maybe Mrs. President or Miss President, that carries with it a whole slew of baggage. When we say Jesus Christ, I always smile when I'm like listening to NPR radio, you know, and somebody that isn't quite sure about Jesus and they say they call him Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, uh, if only you knew what you're saying. Because when you call him Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah, you are calling him Lord of heaven and earth. If only they knew. That's what it... Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. He is the apex, the pinnacle, the top of what God was going to do for us. Do you want to see life and peace and hope? It's in Jesus. We don't want a new religion. right? We don't want to feel warm and squishy inside. We want to see real God do real things. Yeah? Well, come on now. and you, Come on. Is this thing on? <laughs> Right? Do you all want to see that? I mean, I do. That's in Jesus, man. He's the fulfillment of the, all the promises of God. You know, what, what April read to us today out of Psalm and, and, and Isaiah, the people have seen a great light. Jesus is a great light. Jesus is the redeeming coming King. And what is the most important thing a, a king 
needs a kingdom. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a king without a kingdom and you don't have a kingdom without a king. That's what Jesus means. It doesn't mean heaven because you think about it. The ki- Jesus began preaching, heaven has come near. No, it doesn't make sense, does it? Because that place you go when you die, no, 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 that doesn't make sense in this place. Jesus is saying the kingdom, the reign of God has come near in me. I have begun it. I am the redemption of all things, of you and me and everybody that calls on His name. And in creation itself, the good creation that God made so long ago, Jesus is the coming King. He is anointed by God. He is the King. Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't a guru who tells us timeless truths like you should be nice to all people, although He does say that. No, this King has a kingdom. And kings are by their very nature political, guys. They have kingdoms, like I just said. And so I would encourage you to not depoliticize Jesus. Right? Um, in America, it's a, really, it's a really big struggle, right? separation of church and state and all that stuff where we want to keep our religion in our hearts and our politics in real life. Because religion in your heart doesn't touch real life. But if Jesus is the King, then that means He is a threat to other kings, other empires, other governments. Right? Why was Jesus crucified? Why was Jesus crucified? I mean, because he was a nice guy who sat down by the river strumming a ukulele, singing Love Everybody. Caesar could care, okay, could care less, could not care less. Caesar could not care less of some dreamy preacher down by the river strumming a ukulele. Caesar would crucify somebody who said, I'm the king and not you. Jesus is the king who is an affront to all other claimants to the throne. Whether that be a person in life or that be an addiction in your life or that be greed or lust or any of those things. Jesus is the King, and that's why He's so uncomfortable to us. Because He challenges everything in our lives. And it's easier to say, no, thank you, sir. I'd rather go my own way than to take everything and place it at this King's feet. This kingdom is not animated by the kingdoms of the world. Things that... This kingdom is not animated by the same things that animate the kingdoms of the world. There's no war. There's no violence. There's no taxes. There's no greed. There's no oppression. There's none of that. Because this king runs on truth and mercy and grace and hope and justice. The blind receives sight. The poor are lifted up. The prisoners are set free. The oppressed are set free. 
So you see, guys, when Jesus says the kingdom of God has come near, he was basically launching an invasion on the beachfront of the world. Like Jesus, this was Jesus' D-Day, right? Evil had set up camp in the world and was going to defend it at all costs. And God says, no. Here, but the expeditionary force was only one because one was all it takes. Right? Over our vacation, we watched a lot of Marvel movies. Okay? I've never watched them before. So we started at the first one. I don't remember which it is. Iron Man, yeah. We started Iron Man, right? Guy gets an iron suit. Fly, fly, fly. Defeats evil. And then it was followed by like Thor and the Avengers and another Iron Man and another Thor and, you know, Thor with his big hammer and smiting bad guys and, and the Avengers beating up aliens and stuff. That sounds great, doesn't it? But you know what? Thor smashing, or the Hulk smashing a bad guy is only violence because it doesn't deal with why the guy was bad in the first place. That's only as far as those movies go. They don't have an answer for evil. Violence will not cure evil. It needs something more. It needs a king that defeats evil at its, at its dark, ugly heart. That king is Jesus. You see? Iron Man can zap into oblivion all the bad guys he wants, but there's always going to be bad guys. Jesus goes to the heart of bad guys and gals and redeems us and makes us whole so that we don't have to be bad guys and girls anymore. That's how important this kingdom is. Now, the next piece of it, well, no, I'm going to stop. Everybody still on board? We okay? Anybody got any thoughts, comments, questions? What you got, Mag- <laughs> Maddie? Go ahead. Why is there what? Ah, okay. Why is there a fishing pole? Because you know what? Uh, I'll tell you why I started fly fishing, and I'll kill you if you tell anybody else. I thought it was pretty. Right? Isn't that pretty? I never caught anything, but I thought it was pretty. Anyway, the next part is fishers of men. Jesus, after he starts proclaiming the kingdom of heaven, he goes through and sees four brothers who are all fishermen, and he says to them, fellas, come on. I'm going to make you fishers of people, fishers of men. Now, here again, if we don't know the whole strike three, you're out context, we're going to say, oh, isn't that a cute Sunday school story? Excuse me. Isn't that a cute Sunday school story? And we'll go on to something more important. But if we know what being a fishers of men, fishers of women, really stands for, it our eyes wide open and we're like, oh, you are sly, Jesus. You are very sly. What do you mean? Well, because being a fisher, being a fisher is a long-time Jewish idea of judgment and freedom. 
I show you here Jeremiah 16, 16a, which means the first part of the verse. I, God says, I am now sending for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they shall catch them. And it's couched in a larger idea of bringing people back from slavery and exile. So I want you to picture God sending fisher people, casting to the far ends, really good fishing, and bringing back lost sheep to the kingdom of God. And when you're bringing back people, you're saying this is what's real and that's not real. This is good and that's evil. And so a fisher, a person, so you all didn't see over here. I'll come and make you uncomfortable. Okay? So, so these, these fishers of people, it, 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 it's good news and it's judgment. It's good news. We're being brought back, but it's also judgment. This is all the way through the Old Testament. God's going to fish us back. God's going to fish us back. And when He fishes us back, the fishermen and women are also going to say, kingdoms of this world, you're evil and under judgment. So when Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, boys, you are going to be fishers of people, He wasn't telling a Sunday school story. So with a nice coloring page. He was saying, you will be My people who fish as good news messengers and judges against evil. He was commissioning them to be those who stand against evil and judge it and those who pull back the people of God to where they should be. A prophet, if you will. So church, do you see how this is so important? Jesus, these, these, this, these verses, oh, kingdom of heaven, isn't that nice? And oh, fishers of men, let's make a kid song about that. That's lovely. But it's so much more. Because people who fish for Jesus are his good news messengers and his judges against evil. It's, Maddie, it's an image. It's an image of someone who stands for God against evil. Okay? That's what it means to be a fisher of people. Whoops. I guess I have to make the rest of it up. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so guys, I, I cannot emphasize them. This is the last point. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. Here we go. I can't emphasize this enough. Jesus is the king. Because kings require kingdoms. Kingdoms require kings. Jesus isn't guru down by the river saying love everybody. He may be down by the river and he may be saying love everybody. But he's the king who's down by the river. The king who's saying love everybody. Jesus is the king of all things. And as we go through our Christian year here, Jesus is inaugurated king on Ascension Sunday. Okay? He's voted in as king on crucifixion and resurrection day, he's inaugurated king on Ascension Sunday. But Jesus is the king, guys. It's, it's the basis for all of his work. He was defeating evil. He was this inbreaking, whoever wrote on there, the, in, the present but not yet kingdom. It's the kingdom of God pressing in against the kingdom of evil. The kingdom of God pressing in against and 
it's, it's like a war, right? The kingdom of God is invading the kingdoms of evil in this world, pushing them aside, and you are results of that kingdom. We are results of this freedom movement. You are liberated from sin, death, and evil if you so want to be, unless your grandma drug you here. <laughs> then we got some work to do. But if you've chosen to be here, if you've chosen to believe in Jesus, you are a result of this freedom movement that goes out across the globe. We are the disciples of Jesus. We are Jesus followers. We are obedient subjects of the King. We're not people who just say, oh, Jesus is a nice idea. It's much more terrifying than that because Jesus is either King or madman. There's no in between. He either is who he says he is, Lord of heaven and earth, or he is an insane madman. And you and I are above Apostle Paul, above all people to be pitied. And we're either going to abandon our lives like the fishermen abandoned their nets to be a part of this Jesus movement, this King of kings, Lord of lords movement where all people are welcomed at his table in grace and mercy, where this holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty presides over us, or he's a madman. We're either one way or the other. And this, this abandonment to King Jesus should, should exemplify your life and my life. Being a fisher of people should exemplify your life and my life as we stand on chairs making people uncomfortable calling to them that there's a new and better way a new and better way to live free from the pain and the ugliness that all of us know is so right present in our lives so this year church and, and with this I close this year we can This year, we can either be a bunch of pew warmers. This year, we can be a group of pew warmers who do nothing. Or this 2020 and this time and this place, this Rochester, Minnesota and surrounding areas, we can be Jesus people who stand as fishers of people, inviting to obedience and freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or we can be those who walk away. We can be half-hearted people who owe our allegiance to other things. To other things. Not giving Jesus His due. But choose this day who you will serve. And you know this. Joshua. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thoughts? Yeah, if we're not, then, then what are we doing? Yeah. Right.
Yeah. <clears throat> Let me see if I'm getting where you're going. Um, what are we doing if we're if we're just kind of going through the motions? Right. Right. Yes. 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 Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Well, that that's the point of the matter, then, isn't it, Al? What are we doing? What are we doing? Jesus didn't say gather once a week. He said the kingdom is near. So what this is, is this time isn't, this time is worship of the risen Christ. The rest of your week is working in the kingdom of God. Exactly. Well, then good for you. Good on you. Kudos. Well done. Then, we, yeah, yeah, right. So, oh yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Yeah, we're, what we have to do though is have this correct understanding of the kingdom of God to build upon our rest, the rest of our faith, right? Because if God gives to us spiritual gifts, um, what are you good at, Al? Good with, uh, good with children. Okay, good with people. You're a people person. So we could say probably one of Al's spiritual gifts given to him by the Holy Spirit is this relational, welcoming, caregiving portion gift. Now, if Al does not have an, uh, a correct idea of where this should be utilized within the context of an, an, a greater church body for the, for the good of the, the king, then it would be a self-serving, eh, I just get together and hug a few people once in a while and treat them nice. But if, if you were to say, I employ this gift in the service of my king on a consistent basis to do good in Jesus' name. It, it's a calling. It's a vocation. It gives purpose to my life. That's that purpose point. It, it gives purpose to this church. See, because when we're all put together, we are the church. In all of your gifts, all of your, we all add together. We are more than the sum of our pieces. Synergy. We're more. And together we can be this movement of of god not just people who believe in jesus but people who believe in who work who move it who push it forward who stand as fishers of men and women that's the point right um am i getting there uh, it, it's a good it's a it's a good clarification point yeah 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 okay Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So, if for those of you on the other side, if what Mike Mike was saying, he does things to to make others feel good, and that's not so much a selfish thing, but it's so that they feel good. Nice, yeah. Working in that, yeah, that giving, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly so. Right here, why is the king in quotation marks? Because there's some kings in the world that pretend to be kings and they're not kings. So, I... <laughs> kings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you're the king, are you? And you remember Herod said that to Jesus. He's like, oh, you're a 
king. He even wrote it on the cross, right? Up on top. King of the Jews. He probably put it in quotes himself. King of the Jews. All right. Well, hopefully that'll get us somewhere. So I guess looking at your life, say, am I following the king? And what am I doing? Does it stop with me? Or does it go on to others? Am I working for the king? Am I letting it stop when I leave the doors? How am I? And are there any other kings in my life that need to be demoted? You can have other great things, but they shouldn't be above number one.